Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Today I want to I want to talk to you about the parables of Jesus, all right? Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. Go ahead and have that ready. And we want to get into this today because it's so important. Jesus told parables. Now, folks say, what are parables? Well, sometimes parables are, well, most of the time, I want to say they're fiction. They're examples. They're allegories. There's symbolism used in parables. It's to get people's attention. So anyone who would say, you can't learn anything about the Lord through reading Christian fiction, I beg to differ because Jesus used Christian fiction before the word Christian was invented. All right? So he was using Christ-like fiction to get a point across, a parable. Many people don't know this about me, but I've learned history through historical fiction. I've learned lots of information through godly fiction. Now, the word is always my, my um, baseline. But if you're reading godly fiction, make sure it's godly, though. All right? I don't want to hear that any of y'all are reading Fifty Shades of Grey. That is not godly fiction. That is Fifty Shades of Ignorant. Don't get into that stuff. And if you've read it, repent, because that's, ladies, you don't want a man like that. You just don't. All right? That's all I'm going to say about it. So let's go to Luke chapter 8, <clears throat> verse 4. And I want you to think about something as we read through this parable of the farmer or the sower. Some translations say the farmer, some say the sower, the one who plants the seed, all right? You're called to be a farmer now and a sower because you've received the seed of faith, the seed of the good news. My question today is, what happens to God's Word when it's sown? How does it thrive? How is it attacked? And we're going to get into some of that today, all right? So let's read from Luke chapter 8, verse 4 through 8. And then we're going to read verses 11 through 15. Let's start here. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer, someone say a farmer. A farmer went out to plant his seed or her seed, right ladies in your case? Farmer or a sower. As they scattered it or he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on. And the birds ate it. Someone say, not good. No, not good. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Man, problems. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. You ever had stuff growing in your yard and junk and weeds is growing up with it? And it kills it, doesn't it? You guys, anybody have Bermuda grass in their yard? Let me see your hands. Bermuda grass? Bermuda grass is fine because it's a crawler if it's managed. It creeps and crawls and it fills in. But the problem is, if anything is nearby and it can touch it, it will grow over it, around it, through it, under it. It shows up everywhere, okay? Still other seed fell on fertile soil. Somebody say fertile. Uh-huh, good, moist soil ready to receive the seed. This seed grew and produced a crop that was 100 times as much as had been planted. Wow. So you plant one seed, and you have the volume of a hundred seed coming back. When he had what? When he had said this, he called out. This is Jesus, right? Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. 
I don't know who I'm speaking to today. It may be someone on the live stream. could be someone in the house. But if you've neglected the reading of the Bible lately, make sure you get back into it. And let me speak to someone's heart today. Devotionals are nice, okay? But don't stay there. Don't stay just in a devotional. You need to add devotionals to your Bible reading, all right? And make sure the devotionals line up with God's Word. And I'm going to say this right now because I grew up in a Christian home and Christian on both sides of the family, godly people. But I remember growing up and seeing people going to visit people and just knowing people's lives, and they had our daily bread on the table. Do you all remember that? The little plastic daily bread with the scriptures in it? That's good. That's good. People would pull that out, man, and say, man, what does is, what is God's Word say today? But the problem with many believers is they use that like a fortune cookie. They're not eating any real meals of the Word. They're just eating the fortune cookie and taking out the fortune. So remember, you got to stay in the Word. Pastor will tell you three chapters a day will get you through the Bible in a year. I will tell you, if you're moving a little slower, don't worry about it. You just need to get through the Bible. If it takes a year, a year and a half, or two years, don't stop. Do you hear me today? Stay in the Word. Someone say, stay in the Word. Jesus said, if you remain me and my words, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask what you will, and I will give it to you. Let's say that again. If you remain in me, Jesus said, and my words remain in you, you will ask what you will, and I will give it to you. If Jesus' word remains in you, guess what? You're going to know his will. You're not going to pray crazy stuff. All right? You're going to pray according to his will will so once again what happens to the seed all right let's get into verse 11 here and jesus is going to explain it and then i'm going to elaborate so luke 8 verse 11 this is the meaning of the parable jesus said the seed is god's word somebody say word all right blast from the past the seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and what and prevent them from believing and being saved. That's tough. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. You know how many times as youth pastor people heard the word with joy? How many times in this service, the adult service, or in children's church when I taught there back in the day, or in a Bible study, man, people received the word with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a what? For a while or a season. Then they fall away when they face temptation. What is temptation? Man, it could be anything. Tempted to not go to church, struggling with lust, struggling with substances, struggling with lies or old weaknesses or being around the wrong people. Temptation is temptation. It covers anything that would pull you away from God. All right. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and what? And riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people like you today, like those on the live stream, like everyone here in this Word today. Honest, good-hearted people who hear God's Word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Someone say patiently. Sometimes we think, man, that, that, that thing just sprouted up overnight. And it seems like that, but there's been things going on underneath the surface patiently throughout the seasons. We have some kind of lilies I've noticed on the side of the house. And last year we, we transplanted them there. I guess we moved them once or twice. 
And I'm noticing now that green shoots are coming up again. But guess what? That seed was working even during the winter. It was doing things to take care of itself. It's received moisture in the last several days when there was rain. And now green is coming up. You say, man, it was overnight. And seemingly to us, it was overnight. Because I just looked around the corner one day and I told my wife, baby, there's green again. Some of those things survived and there's four of them. They're big and they're in descending order in size. But there's green coming up. All right. There's green. Someone say there's green. Uh huh. It's happening again. Praise God. I want your lives to be green and fresh with God's word that you're always producing something. So let's get into this. Jesus talked about, first of all, that the seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have who come? The devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Number one, I don't talk about him much because he just doesn't deserve much of my time. He's not our problem. We are our problem. But he is a factor, obviously, because of what Jesus said here. One man of God years ago said that there are four types of situations when you preach the word so only one out of four people is really going to get it i'm praying that four out of four today is going to get it all right but there are four types of situations and folks receiving the word are you still with me someone say amen so let's talk about the enemy here the devil number one he loves to attack the seed you go to the garden of eden and what did the enemy in the form of a snake do first of all he attacked the seed of the word Immediately he said, did, remember this? He said, did the Lord say you can't eat of anything in the garden? So he's telling a lie in the form of a question. God never said they couldn't eat anything. He said, did the Lord really say he's putting doubt in someone's mind? Why? He's attacking the seed. Someone say, the seed. I'm making sure you're with me today. This is important. Since the beginning of time, he's attacked the seed of faith, the truth, the good news, the gospel. How about this, the Garden of Eden, but how about, how about Jesus? Right away, right away, right away, if he's the Word made flesh, the enemy tried to wipe him out. Do you remember King Herod had the babies killed in Bethlehem? Why? Because the devil hates the seed of faith. He always comes to attack it. He always comes. How does he attack it? He goes, you know, stupid stuff like this. And not every church is this way, obviously. But the, the devil go, don't go to church. They just want your money. Some of you have thought that before, maybe. You'll have people sitting up in the bar taking their wedding rings off so they can talk, run game on someone. And they're the ones with their wedding ring off at the bar, married, being big hypocrites. And they're saying, church is full of hypocrites. The world is full of hypocrites. Church is for folks that say, I need a doctor, man. I need a physician. I need God to do something in me. I need help, and I can't do it without God. The wise person builds their house upon the rock. Are you still with me? If you think you can do it on your own, think back to the times you tried to do it on your own. How did that go? It was disastrous. It was disastrous. You did it in your own thinking, your own wisdom. No. And the enemy tries to come and steal what God has given you. Now the world, see the world... The cosmos is what Greek calls it. It's the world system. And who is in charge of the world system apart from God? Well, the prince of the power of the air. That's Satan. The prince and the spirit of this world apart from Jesus. 
Say, yeah, Jesus won. Yeah, but a lot of people don't realize that Jesus won. So they still submit themselves willingly to the enemy. You know what the world does now? They attack the word. Legacy media like CNN, the Communist News Network, Fox News, the fake news network. You know, other news networks like that. MSNBC, I don't know what that stands for. I'll get creative later. Absolute garbage and lies. I was showing Dad an article this past week from Newsweek, and it's amazing how they paint lies with a brush that has a little bit of truth in it. They were talking about the American dollar, and they said the American dollar is strong. You know why? And they gave a quote, you'll love this, from 1960. 1960, that was many moons before I was born. A lot's happened since then. We were, America was in her prime in the 50s and 60s. They said the U.S. dollar cannot fail. Be encouraged, it cannot fail. Because, and they did a quote from the head of finance from France in 1960 and said, America, man, they, they should be excited because the, their dollar backs much of the world's systems. 1960. Well, that was true back then, but they mixed it in with an article telling you why it's doing great right now. Uh-huh. When you think of see, but people, they're not like you, though. See, they just read that and go, no, there's a quote here. I mean, they're doing great. But that legacy media, social media, false doctrine that you run into, even at some churches, they're not preaching Jesus and him crucified and resurrected from the dead. That is the devil stealing the seed of the word. He hates it. He attacks it. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the devil. Now let's get into point two, which is my favorite. I was traveling with a man of God years ago, and he went on a <clears throat> devil rampage. I don't know how long he was talking about, man, the devil and the devil and the devil and the devil. And I love him, man. He, he was a man of God. And I finally I said, bro, that's great. But why are we worried about the devil when we can't get it right? And I was young. I was about 24 at the time. I said, bro, I... I understand what you're saying, but <clears throat> scripture, scripture doesn't just dwell on the enemy. It dwells on us being carried away with our own weaknesses. Look at this. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 12. See what you think about this. <clears throat> People struggling and their minds aren't renewed, and the first thing they tell you is, man, the devil. The devil, man. It's the devil. It could be part of it, you know, and they've given themselves over to that. But there's the main thing. The devil wouldn't have a place to stand or a place to whisper into a dark corner if this weren't true. Look at this. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Remember, patiently produce a huge harvest. You remember that? You got to weather the storm, man. The, the cold weather, the low temperatures around here it was 10 below zero or when it gets to 115. Praise God. We pray it doesn't get that way this summer. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, someone say afterward. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those what? Who love him. Wow, that's for you. That's for me. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone what? Anyone else to do wrong. Temptation comes from where? Temptation comes from the enemy, brother. It comes from the devil, that old devil. We had a guy preaching here one time, and he talked about the devil so much, so much that Dad had to go up and correct him after he spoke. He was a musician. 
And he spoke in Spanish. I'll never forget. He said, El diablo, hermanos, and the devil brothers, and the devil brothers, and the devil brothers. Pretty soon, Dad and another man of God said, Man, I don't want to hear a message about the devil. Let's deal with other stuff. Temptation comes from our own desires, not the devil, which entice us and drag us away. Is the enemy a factor? Yes, but he wouldn't be much of a factor if people would deal with their mind, their will, and their emotions, their soul. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives what? Birth to death. Wow. So there was no mention of the devil here. It's our own minds. It's our own weaknesses. It's our own temptations. That's what Scripture said. Let's go on to that verse again. Verse 13, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face what? The devil. They fall away when they face a raise. They fall away when they face a pay cut. They fall away when they hit a really hard breakup. No, they fall away when they face temptation. It covers all of it. Are you still with me today? Temptation. Tempted to do what? Things that are not of God. Did you know people were tempted to fall away during COVID and they went ahead and gave into it? None of you, obviously. None of those on the live stream, obviously. There are many people that lost their faith. Someone asked me the other day, they said, well, is it because they just really weren't saved and they didn't have faith or did they lose faith? I, I, I think it's both. Personally, I think there were those who were really saved and lost their faith and didn't come back to church. I've been talking to you about those statistics since COVID. And others who, maybe they were never real anyway. But how many of you know a trial will sort you out, won't it? Mm-hmm. A trial will sort you out. So remember, temptation. And don't worry, the news is going to get better. Are y'all still with me? Y'all are awfully serious in here today, man. Y'all, But you're listening but you're going, man, I wish Pastor Matt would get to some good news. Okay, let's go on to number three. This is all good news because it's the Word of God. It's all good news, but it's going to get a little more uh, upbeat here in a minute. Number three is the cares of life. Someone say the cares of life. Yeah, look at that one. Look at verse 14. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the what? And riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. That's what people jump to conclusions there real quick and go, I told you, money is the root of all evil. Now, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is going to take on your personality. If you're a crackhead, what will you use your money for? Crack for your head. <laughs> I remember one time years ago, this kind of off subject, Back when Adrian used to drive a bus more often, it was 2009, fall of 2009, I decided I was going to walk to work one day. So I was walking the street, man, going through the hood, and it was early, it was about 7 in the morning, and Adrian pulls by, she's taking kids to school in a bus, she stops, she says, oh, Matt, what are you doing walking early in the morning? I said, I'm walking to church, as you can see, I'm not far away. She goes, crackheads walk early in the morning, come on, man. And I, I still don't know if she was calling me a crackhead or if she was saying, you got to be safe. Does that mean they're going to come get me or if she was just being funny? Do you remember that, Adrian? She's all, get in the bus. Come on, man. I'll take you. I got to take these kids anyway to somewhere. She said, man, why are you walking early in the morning? Are you cold? I said, no, I'm warm. 
Money, though, takes on your personality. If you're perverted, you'll spend your money on perverted things. If you're, if you're covetous, you'll spend your money on covetous things. If you're generous, you give, you bless others. Scripture says the generous soul will be watered because they water many people. Those who are giving, Solomon said, cast your bread upon the waters and after many days it will return. And he talks about the effect of multiplying. Okay? When you give, when you give, when you give. So don't, be, don't ever be distracted by this stuff or the pursuit of riches. You've got to take care of your family. You've got to be blessed. And, hey, let's be real. You've got to make money, especially in America. I mean, you've got to make money. You've got to be able to give and bless people with stuff. You've got to be able to take care of your family. And when the American dollar starts having a problem, God will take care of you in another way. All right? You could be able to trade tortillas or something of value. Really? You'll be able to trade work, something, man. Haircuts, I'm going to have plenty of razors. I'm going to shave everybody bald for 10 bucks. <laughs> then y'all will really look weird, right? Not you, baby. You're going to keep your hair. I'm going to shave everybody else. I like your hair. The cares of life and the pursuit of riches and pleasure. Scripture says in the last days, mankind, men and women, will become, they will be lovers of, them, of themselves, they'll be liars, they'll break covenant, and they will love pleasure more than God. Just something to think about. Cares of life, just distractions. Oh, I'm, I can't go because of this. I can't go because of that. I'm doing this, so I can't hear the word. I can't, no, I mean, that's, okay, look, life happens. I'm going to tell everybody right now, you need to take vacation, you need to take time off. I don't expect you to be here 52 Sundays a year. I don't. But I really, I really look at people and go, man, every little excuse is a reason to miss out on hearing God's word and gathering with your people. No, everything shouldn't be an excuse. Life happens. You got to do stuff. I know. All right. I don't even preach here 52 weeks a year, but usually it's about 50. <laughs> so I just want you to think about that. Don't let the cares of life get in the way of stuff. Cares of life can also be excuses. Remember, Jesus told a parable, and the wealthy man said, I'm having a banquet. I'm inviting everyone to the banquet. We may need to get into that one again soon. And others said, oh, I just got married. I can't go. Someone else said, I bought some land. I need to go look at it. What? You didn't go look at it first, champ? <laughs> and I hope you know who you married. You're going to go look at her now? I mean, it might have been a, they used to have uh, brides in the mail back in the day. Ma mail order brides. I don't know, if, you know, anyway. An arranged marriage. I don't know. There's other reasons. Said, no, I got to go do this. I got to go do that. No, you got to make time for God. Don't let the cares of life get in the way and crowd out God's word in your pursuit of God's word. Amen, somebody. Let's go to number four. Now, this is exciting. This is good news. The whole thing's good news, but this is great news. Someone say, this is great news. Praise God. I agree with you. A huge harvest, he says. Let's read verse 15. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it. You hear it, you hold on to it. You say, that's mine. Thank you. I'll take that, Lord. You hear God's word, you cling to it, and you patiently produce a what? A huge harvest. Do you know fruit is useful? It is. Fruit can benefit lots of people. Y'all have heard me over the years talk about, man, I'm just so mad at our mulberry tree. But God feeds the birds with the mulberry tree there. 
I'm this close to cutting that thing down. We're going to give it one more year. I've been trimming it. I took six or seven truckloads of that thing, and still it's not cut down. It's incredible. That thing is so fruitful, and they're getting ready to drop on us again. So I'm going to get on it again. But I'm going to tell you right now, those mulberries, they benefit the birds. They benefit those stupid squirrels. I haven't talked to y'all about my battle with squirrels lately. We'll get into that soon. Lord, help us, man. I've been shooting at them with a BB gun. I surprised one so bad, it was my first shot, too. He was on the fence, and he was broadside. I got him, and he went like this as he fell off the fence. I was like, I hit a nerve, I think. He came back over the fence, and he looked in my direction and vanished. Anyway, the mulberries feed them as well. The mulberries feed one of our dogs, Izzy. Gross, man, just eating mulberries. She'll just eat. She's just like Pac-Man. That tree is a huge harvest every year. Though I've seen the branches heavy with mulberries, like they're leaning. Let's go to Luke 6.38. This is you bearing fruit, people of God. You say, man, is he talking about money? I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about giving tithe and offering and first fruit. I'm talking about giving someone a tank of gas. I'm talking about giving someone love and kindness and being available to someone. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and what? Poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And you know what else determines how much you get back? Your faith and your motive. God's always been about motives. Jesus said, oh yeah, you've heard in your law, don't do this, you don't, don't commit adultery. But Jesus said, I'm telling you right now, if you look at a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. Jesus was dealing with motives. Motives. Fruit always gives back to its environment and the Creator. Always. Somehow, it, you say, man, but that fruit fell on the ground and it rotted. No, that, that's fertilizer. Birds ate it, squirrels, dogs, whatever. You ate some. We got a pear tree that, that gives pears like that. I don't think they're good to eat, but they sure are cute. But the birds and the squirrels and the Izzy eat some. So, I mean, once again, fruit always gives back. Fruit is a blessing. You were called to be a blessing. I want you to look me in the eye today. And after hearing this parable that Jesus told Look at me today and say this out loud. Say, I am called to be a blessing. God has blessed me so that I can be a blessing. God has blessed me so that I can bear fruit. God has watered me so I can water others. That's scripture. I didn't make up a word of that. The devil wants to attack the seed. Temptation wants to attack that seed, man. Your carnal nature, the, the dark side of you, you know, the one, the side of you that, you know, that little devil on your shoulder that I really, I think is really your mind most of the time. It's not even a demon. Your mind goes, come on, man. It's just once, right? Temptation. The cares of life. Say, yeah, but it's my job. I, I need it for, I mean, I got to do this. I, we're told the story, and I've told this before, and I'll start to wrap this up soon. But we're told the story of a guy, and I don't remember who it was. We knew a guy of a guy that he, he worked the oil field, and he would sleep out in his truck and eat bologna sandwiches, and, and he was skipping out on life and missing out with his kids and everything else. You remember that story, Dad? 
And one day he just finally is out in the oil field all alone and he died in his truck. Then what? What does it profit a man or a woman to gain the whole world and lose their soul, their mind, their will, and their emotions? Or to lose their kids? Or to lose their marriage? Or to lose their relationships? Or to lose their walk with God? Say, man, money isn't everything. Oh, I know, it is not. Scripture says it answers things. It answers things. I believe Solomon said that. Money answers things, but it's not always the right answer. You can throw money at stuff and say, man, I can't sleep. I'm going to get a better bed. But what if you're worried all night? You have the most amazing bed in, in history. You still can't sleep. Money didn't buy that, did it? Money couldn't buy you sleep. You say, man, no, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get me in. I'm going to get in a great relationship, man. I'm going to drop money on these ladies, man. One of them's just going to fall in love with me. It's going to be all about that. I got plenty of money. I can't buy you love. I know that sounds trite. I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. Money can buy you a car, a house. It can buy you all these things. It won't buy you peace, though. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, a peace that the world cannot give. I, I give you a peace that they cannot give. They don't understand it, but my peace I give to you. Come unto me, all you that are, that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's the answer. He is the answer. So don't make excuses. Don't wait. Don't put it off. We don't know what we're waiting for, but I'll tell you this right now. It's time. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for number four. After the cares of life is on the screen there, look at this, for a huge harvest. You've got gifts that I can only dream of. Some of you can cook. Some of you, man, are, are able to do special things with your hands. Some of you are smart in your mind in way different ways than me. You have a memory for certain details, for calculations. Some of you say, I don't know about all that. No, you have a gift. You've just got to tap into it with God's help. And the only way to find, really find who you are in God is to get close to God. That's it. You receive the word and don't just receive it, put it to work. Remember, faith without works, without action is what? Dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. You are called to put into action your faith so that you can have a huge harvest. Don't wait. You are the people of God. You're his chosen. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. For everyone tuning in today, either here or elsewhere, is there anyone in the house who says, you know what? I have never, ever accepted Jesus. Ever. You've never raised your hand in public. You've never confessed Jesus as your Lord. This is for everybody in the house. You say, I've never confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you today, you say, man, if I died, Pastor Matt, I don't know where I'd go. If you're not certain, let's make certain. Make peace with God so you can bear a huge harvest. Receive the planted word, the seed of God, the seed of faith like the parable of the farmer, the parable of the sower. If there's anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I have never accepted Jesus, would you raise your hand? I want to lead you in a prayer right now. Anyone in this house or those on the live stream, I want you to think about it as well, just like you're here with us. That's why you're tuning in today, so you can receive this word as well. You say, man, I've never, ever received the Lord. Okay. I believe everyone in here has made the confession of faith. No, not you, young man. God bless you. Let's pray. Those on the live stream, join us. Everyone in the house, let's pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. 
Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Clear my mind by your strength. Help me to renew my mind. I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me to save me from hell, to save me from sin, to save me from sinful choices. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. I believe and I confess that Jesus is my Lord and my King. In Jesus' name, forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. In Jesus' name, amen. Right where you're seated. If there was something in the Word today that got your attention, I want you to raise your hand and say, man, that got my attention. Something, one statement, one word. Good. Let's pray together as a family. Go ahead. Let's agree, and I'm going to just pray over you. Father, I thank you for your people, the sheep of your flock, the sheep of your pasture. You're doing things in their lives, God. You're speaking to us by, the, by your Word. You're correcting things. You're edifying. You're rebuking some things in us, Father God. You're dealing with some things. Father God, you are working out some things. You're fixing, you're restoring, and you're renewing by your Word. Your Word never fails. Your love never fails. Your word accomplishes what you send it to accomplish. We receive that word today, Lord, the seed. And it's not stony ground. It's not thorns. It's not the footpath. The birds aren't going to eat it, Lord. We are fertile ground. Your seed is falling on, like I'm always saying, and like we hear ministers, men and women, always say, your word is falling on good ground today. So we receive it. Continue to minister to us, Father God, about your word, through your word. We trust you, we believe you, we honor you, and we thank you.